This last week, we um, started a little mini-series called um, uh, Seeking His Face, Seek His Face, and, and this is kind of just a result of some time that I spent with the Lord here recently on vacation and some things that He laid on my heart that are kind of in this category of Seeking His Face. And um, today, uh, the message is titled Drawing Near, it's all fitting with the, the same kind of category. Um, and to introduce this, I would like to just uh, read for you uh, Psalm 42, the first two verses. It's a fairly familiar psalm. It says, uh, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And... I don't know if you can hear it in those two verses, but in those two verses, there's like a longing, there's a desire, there's a, an expression of wanting to be in the presence of God. And um, it, most people think that Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 are kind of a package deal. They kind of go together and they express uh, um, the heart of one of God's people who's not near to the temple, not near Jerusalem, because in those days... Um, it's interesting, mention, uh, Nick mentioned the uh, John 4 passage, you know, because Jesus is saying, hey, you know, it's not about the location of the worship. You can worship anywhere, right, uh, if you know the one true God. Uh, but, but back then in the Old Testament, as is being mentioned here, is, is this uh, believer was somehow distanced from Jerusalem, and he was like, I can't wait to go back and be in the presence of God. I just long for it. I, I want that. And I so want that. And so um, last week, I guess kind of the goal of the message as we looked at different passages was to try to, in a sense, whet our appetite for desiring God, for wanting to be with Him. And, as, and this is kind of you know, spoken to people that uh, you need to have a relationship with God to experience what we're talking about. You need to, uh, as Nick just explained in communion, you need to have put your faith in Christ for what He did on the cross for us. And once you've done that, and you're a believer, and you're a Christian, then, then you, can, you have a relationship with the living God. And that is a relationship, in a sense, like other relationships, in that we can grow close to Him or we can be distanced from Him uh, relationally. Okay? Uh, once you're in the family of God, you never get kicked out of the family of God. Uh, we do believe here in eternal security, but... But there can be a distance and a nearness that we can experience as well. And it's, it's really that nearness that we're talking about in this mini-series. But um, in these couple of verses here in Psalm 42, you get the sense that this believer knows that he will only be satisfied with God. Nothing else will truly satisfy his soul. Nothing else will, no one else will truly Fill that place in his life that will ultimately just make him um, satisfied is the best word that I can think of. And so, because uh, he says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? It's almost like he could, I can't wait to go to church. <laughs> uh, put, that, put that in the modern context. I can't wait to go to church. I can't go to wait to meet with God and his people. Because I know that when we do, we have a special time. Now, there was an issue that came up with God's people, and 
they wandered from God, their desires were taken up by other things, other uh, gods, idols, uh, and just giving themselves to other things, seeking to see satisfaction from other things. And the word of the Lord came to one of his prophets, Jeremiah, in chapter 2, in verse 13. And listen to what he says. He says, for my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. So there God kind of describes himself as the fountain of living water. And he says, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Okay? Um, so a cistern is, is a, a kind of a holding place for water in the ground. You'd kind of dig it out. And then a lot of times they'd kind of plaster it with clay or something so that the water wouldn't seep out, right? Uh, and that would be, you would do that if you weren't near a water source. And, and typically they would, they would get, um, they would even just collect rainwater in there too uh, as well. But, but again, you would only typically do that if you're just not near a water source, like a, 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 a river or something. And so imagine that you're out in a parched land, you know, you're in a desert area or something, but you happen to go by, you know, a stream of water. And you say, oh, I don't want that. I'm going to dig me a cistern and wait for water to collect there. Meanwhile, you die, you know. I mean, do you see how ludicrous that is, how foolish that sounds? Uh, This is what the Lord is saying. He's saying, you forsook me, the source of living water, to hew out cisterns that won't even hold water. He's saying, that's ridiculous. And so he, he's, he's using this word picture to tell his people, listen, I'm the fountain of living water. I'm the one who will satisfy your soul. Don't go looking elsewhere. And so this morning... Just to kind of introduce this time, I just want to say this is what God really wants for us too. He just says, listen, don't fall into the trap of thinking that other things will make you satisfied and happy like I can. Uh, Other relationships, material things. He's like, you know, I'm really the only one that can really satisfy you. And uh, we can, any one of us can be led astray by something that we feel, feel like might promise us something like that. Um, you know, I mean, in, in a sense, sometimes, you know, um, if we have an addiction, that, that sort of is the lure of that, is that it makes us feel better uh, for a short time, but like the cistern, it can't hold water, so it doesn't really ultimately satisfy, right? So, so this morning, as we go before the Lord, let's just ask him, to if we're if we're lacking a hunger for God that He would create that within us, okay? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and we are so thankful that uh, you are living water. That uh, you you uh, are not just trying to sell us uh, something, you know, that doesn't satisfy. Um, you what you say is true. And we know, our hearts even know, if we, if we have a relationship with you through Jesus, our hearts know that you are the only one who satisfies our deepest longings. No person but you, God, could ever do that. So, Lord, 
if we might be lacking in a hunger for you, in a desire to be with you, to spend time with you, to, to grow in our relationship with you, Lord, would you stir up a hunger today? Would you help us to push past all the things that we might be entrapped in that are keeping us from being satisfied in you? Maybe like a, it's like spiritual junk food that we're, that we're taking in that we, we think is going to satisfy us, but just maybe for a short while it does. Lord, let us see that you are the one that we need. And Lord, we also just want to lift up our brothers and sisters here in the church who are sick right now. They're, they're, they're ill or they're having surgery or just come out of surgery. We pray for healing. We pray for all those people that are, in, that are caring for them, for strength for them, for uh, wisdom and insight and treatment. And Lord, we also just pray for those that might be struggling emotionally right now. Maybe they don't know what to do. But Lord, I just pray you'd help them, Lord, to keep their eyes on you. And Lord, if there's anything we can do to be the hands and feet of Jesus to them, Lord, prompt us to do so. And Lord, we just ask and pray. Lord, I pray that you fill me now. In Jesus' name, amen. So there are really two points to this message, so it should be pretty quick. Yeah, if you don't know me very well, then that's, you guys, uh, either that or you're just like, oh, shoot. Yeah. No, it's actually really just two points. Now, there's some sub-points in there, all right? But the first one is uh, we draw near to God when we are depending on Him. This is something that, um, it's not rocket science, but it is something that God's just been laying on my heart, you know, just this word dependence. Real, you know, to depend on God. And, and you know, um, when, I, when I think of depending on God and what that means, it means to look to God, to rely on God, to place your trust in God, uh, to lean on God. I mean, there's just different ways you can say that, but that's what it means to depend, right? If you depend on somebody for something, you're counting on them, right? That's what you're counting on. And um, in fact, when I was, when I was uh, working on this, I thought about that song that we've sung before called Counting on God by, I think it's Desperation Band, maybe, or something, Charlie, is that right? Um, anyway, uh, but, but the, the first verse of it says, I'm in a fight, not physical. I'm in a war, but not of this world. You, God, are the light that's beautiful. I want more. I want all that's yours. So there's a desire there. Then it says, joy unspeakable that won't go away, just enough strength to live for the day, so I never have to worry what tomorrow will bring, because my faith's on solid rock, I am counting on God. And then it goes, I'm counting on, I'm counting on God. You know, it just keeps going. And so by the time you're done, you're like, I need to be counting on God, right? I mean, that's what the song is, is about. But this depending on God. So, you know, it, it ought to make sense that if you're depending on somebody, you're drawing near to them. And so this is the way it is with God. To draw near to him, one of the ways is, is that we need to be dependent on him. Now, what does that look like? That's a great question. What does depending on God look like? And that's really what I want to unpack here for a little bit. Um, for first of all, depending on God means depending on him for guidance, for guidance, um, a verse that talks about this 
would be Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, talking about uh, God's guidance. And here's what it says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Doesn't even that first verse there, just, I mean, with all your heart, that's just mean, just put it all on Jesus, man, you're all in, right? Okay? Like you're at the casino. It's all on Jesus, man, everything, okay? Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. That doesn't mean you check your brains at the door, but there are times when uh, you won't understand what God is doing or what's happening in your life or how it will all uh, end. Uh, but what we need to do then is to just continue to hang on, to continue to trust, to continue to rely on, say, hey, I don't know how this particular scenario plays out, but I do know that God's still in control and that uh, he deserves my full trust. In verse 6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. There's that guidance. right? And I don't know who needs some guidance today from God, but seek him, draw near to him, cry out to him for wisdom. Okay? Uh, you know, even the book of James, the book of James talks to us about wisdom in trials, okay, and how God promises wisdom in trials. Uh, you know, call out to God. He is faithful. He will guide. He will lead through various means at times. Sometimes just a direct word from the scriptures. Sometimes uh, even through, um, you know, a conversation that you have with someone else that you'll see some confirmation maybe with what God is trying to get through to you. But, but depending on God means depending on Him for guidance. And so, let me just ask you, you know, when, are you asking God for guidance in how to raise your kids, how to handle the problems that you have with your children, uh, or, or the relationship issues that you're having with friends and family? Are you seeking His guidance on how to address those things? Because um, He wants to help you. He wants to equip you. Are you seeking God's guidance on how to handle your finances? There's so many things in the book of Proverbs about handling money. Okay, And it's not all about giving. Everybody always thinks about every time somebody brings up money at church, it's about giving. There's so much more about um, finances in the scriptures. So, um, I mean, we, we, we primarily get guidance from God in his word. Right, but seek God, right? Really seek His guidance, because sometimes we just go off and we just start our planning, and you know, kind of hope God's along for the ride, rather than kind of seeking God as you're doing that. Planning's a good thing. Planning's a godly thing, actually. Uh, and, but but as you're doing that, praying the whole way, asking for His help and His guidance. So, depending on God for guidance, that's one of the ways that we depend on Him, right? So, we're talking about, again, how do we depend on God? Because depending on God is, how, is one of the ways that we draw near to Him. Another way, depending on God means I don't ultimately rely on people. I don't ultimately rely on people. That doesn't mean that, you know, you distrust everybody. You don't ever have a trusting relationship. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying you, don't, you just don't go all in on, on people. All right, you got to realize some people are going to disappoint you, right? Um, 
Take a look at Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. It says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. So he's saying this is the person who's really kind of, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, and that's all we're doing is we're just gutting it out, right? Uh, Okay, hard work, nothing wrong with that, right? But while you're working hard, are you relying on God or are you just relying on yourself or someone else? Look what he says about the person who's, who's, uh, it says, whose trust is in man. In verse 6, it says the result. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and in an uninhabited salt land. That doesn't seem like a good place. It's not a good place to flourish, right? Uh, Who wants to be a shrub anyway? Okay? You know, so so just that, that idea is that, okay, trusting in man is this, you know, if that's where I'm all I'm about and I'm not trusting in God, because even though, you know, if somebody, uh, you know, when, a lot of times when you do uh, business with, let's, let's say you're somebody's, you know, you're talking to, I don't know, the bank or something, and you've got had an issue with your account, you know, anymore, you know, I'm always taking names and dates, right? Because like somebody says they're going to do this and they don't do it and it comes back on you, you can at least say, well, so-and-so said on this date, you know, blah, 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 because sometimes... They might forget to do it, or things happened, right? And so you're, so you're kind of like relying on them to do it, right? Uh, but sometimes they fail, right? And that's just it. It's, uh, men will fail us. People will fail us sometimes, but God never will. Listen to what he says about the person who trusts in the Lord. He says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. I like that phrase, whose trust is the Lord. Because basically he's saying, uh, I'm not trusting in a particular outcome, right? I'm not trusting in the Lord necessarily for a particular outcome. It's okay to pray for a particular outcome, right? And, and to hope and pray that that happens, you know, that whether it's a healing or, or this situation works out to your benefit, but your trust needs to be in God, okay? Because then no matter what happens, you know, he's still got you, right? He's still in control. All right, and, that, and so that's, there's a difference between kind of trusting in God for an outcome and, and if your trust is God, right? Trusting in the character of God, knowing him well enough that, hey, whatever is going on, right? As Romans 8, 28, he says, for believers, he works all things together for good to those who are, who are called according to his purpose, right? Um, even the tough stuff works it all for good. So blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord. He says, he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, and it does not cease to bear fruit. That's amazing, isn't it? That's a beautiful picture. That's saying you put your your roots deep down in God and you trust in him, Right, he's saying uh, you're you're going to be okay. You're gonna he, he's going to uh, sustain you with the nutrients that you need spiritually, emotionally. He's going to help you. Okay, 
He's going to be there for you, giving you that, that life-giving water. It's, you know, it's like that tree planted by water, even though everything around it is like in a drought. I like that picture. So, so depending on God here and not depending on men. As we do, those, as we do that, we're, we're drawing near to God. It's a means by which we draw near to God. You know, it's like the old uh, saying, there's no atheists in foxholes, right? Well, there probably are, but the idea, the sentiment there is that, you know, it, when it's all coming down, right, uh, and it's all breaking loose, <laughs> you might just call out to God, right? And you're relying on Him and depending on Him. And so, you know, the, the thing is, though, is you want to develop that relationship with God before the crises, right? You want to get those roots down deep before then. You want to know your God well before then, right? Uh, if you can. And so, so, you know, this is important that we rely on God and we can have those roots that go down deep and we're going to have a close walk with God the more we depend upon Him. Now, the next point's not going to be any surprise. Depending on God means praying, right? Depending on God means praying. This is certainly uh, an expression of dependency, right? The more somebody is a person of prayer, the more it seems like that's an indication that they depend on God for everything, right? Um, and, and God's like, you can bring anything to me. There's no, some people have this false idea that I can only bring God the big things, right? Well, that's just not true. You can bring him the little things, right? Um, this, isn't that what uh, Philippians says here? Let me get back. Philippians 4, right? Verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in everything. What was that? In everything. Wait, okay, there we go. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Right, so there's like nothing you can't take to God. You know, and, and if your prayer's kind of whacked out, he'll get you straightened out, okay? Uh, or somebody around you will lovingly, hopefully, you know, but, but, you know, just take it to God. Take it to God. And he's just, he's just inviting us there, that promise, because the promise is when we do, right, he says, let your request be made known to God, verse 7, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And isn't that what's under assault when we're anxious? Man, our mind can go places so fast. It can go down dark places so fast. But if we depend on God, we draw near to Him in prayer, right? He promises, all right, through our relationship with Him, through the Holy Spirit, that we can experience peace, right, and just lay it at His feet. It's so freeing. It's so freeing to do that. In fact, there's another verse that reminds me of fishing. You know why that is? Because it uses the word cast, right? Casting all your anxieties on Him because he cares for you. That's 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your... When, you, when I throw that lure out there, man, I'm not yanking it back real quick. I'm just letting it go, right? 
Uh, and so many times when we have our anxious moments, the things that we're going through, we kind of throw up a quick prayer, and it's kind of like throwing the lure out. And we're, no, we're taking it right back. You know, we're not giving it to him. And I'm not saying that one. It's going to be a one and done prayer. Sometimes, you know, it's a battle. It is a battle uh, with anxiety sometimes, and we have to continually pray about the things that constantly come up, and we feel that in our gut, right? That anxiety. But He promises we can experience the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And when we do that, it guards our hearts and our minds from all the places that they'll go uh, and get us into trouble if we didn't, okay? So depending on God means praying. And this is something, uh, by the way, if you missed the prayer meeting on Thursday, it was a great time, okay? It was a great time, and I I hope that you will. uh, So we're not having a meeting in December, our monthly prayer meeting, but we are going to have one as start the new year off with uh, our, our prayer meeting at the regular um, second Thursday, right, uh, in January. So, uh, but, but I'm bringing that up because <clears throat> I'm just saying, listen, as a church, we've got to depend on God. And we've got to come together and express that dependency. And that's what I think that prayer meeting is for us to come together. And yes, we do bring up our individual needs. We pray for one another. We certainly will do that. But we need to come together and call on God to do the stuff that only he can do. And that's something that's been on my mind is, is that God's been saying, Greg, you need to, not, not audibly, but just impressing upon my heart uh, that, that you need to, Greg, cry out to me for the things that only I can do. And stop trying to, like, do this stuff without doing it. And so let me, let me share with you one aspect of that, okay? Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'll be in verse, we'll look at verses 25 and 26, 2 Peter, excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. Um, when you read the Bible, you definitely get the idea that when it comes to uh, people coming to know Christ as their Savior, okay, that um, we're supposed to preach Christ, share Christ, but God opens blind eyes. Okay, we, the Scripture uh, talks about you know, a veil over our heart before coming to Christ, and that veil needs to be lifted, that, that you know, or we have blind eyes and those, those scales need to fall off. You remember? If you may remember when the Apostle Paul had an encounter with Jesus, right? He was made blind at first, right? And then those scales fell off later. But but what we need to do is see like that God's the only one who saves people, okay? We have our part in it, you know, where we are supposed to be his mouthpiece, right? But God is the one who's saving people. And and just listen to this. You, you You and I need to get a handle on this. Uh, of just, um, because if you've known the Lord for a while, if you know Christ as Savior, you might forget uh, what your condition was before. And this, these two verses talk about it. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. Um, this is where the Apostle Paul, he's giving some instructions to young Pastor Timothy, and he's saying, you know, all these people are going around, they're, they're arguing about words and things, and things stuff, stuff that doesn't matter, 
Don't get sucked into that, he tells them. Uh, that's a little paraphrase. But he's saying, don't get sucked into that. And then he says, uh, but, but he's saying, don't back off the truth. He's, in verse 25, he says, correcting his opponents with gentleness. He's talking about um, that, that the servant of the Lord needs to correct, it says, his opponents with gentleness. So we talk about having a gentle spirit as, as uh, the pastor there. And then he says, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. Who, who's granting them knowledge? God is. So Timothy is supposed to deliver the truth just like we all are, okay? You don't get the pastor pass, okay? Just because you're not a pastor, you don't get a pass on, 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 he calls us all to be his mouthpiece where we live, work, and play, okay? And so what we need to do then is he's saying, though, we need to pray that God would grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. Listen, verse 26, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. Do you ever think about that? Like, you know, before I came to Christ, I was actually in a trap, spiritually in a trap, until God opened my eyes to the truth of the gospel. And that, that's how it happens with every person. Now, we may not recognize it that we're in a spiritual trap, but that's literally, you know, in, in, the, in the spiritual realm, what's going on? And we so, so put so much effort into maybe the delivery of the message and the studying how to get, the, get it delivered just right. Now, you need to have the message right, but I'm just saying, like, you can, you can read all the books on apologetics you want, but if God's not knocking at their door, nothing's going to happen, okay? We need to be knocking on heaven's door. We need to be calling out to God to save people because that's only he can do that because it says Satan has him in a trap. And it says, after, after being captured by him to do his will. So, that's the condition of everyone before coming to Christ. We're in a spiritual trap. We don't even know it. Right? I mean, I, I mean, if you had talked to me my freshman year at college before I got saved, if I was in a trap, I'd be like, you know, what planet are you from? Right? But, but it was true. So, I'm, I'm using that as one example of, of a prayer saying that's our, our, that's our dependency on God. And as a church, as a church, we need to call out for God to do only what he can do. Save people. Okay. And to give us courage to, to be his mouthpiece, to be his hands and feet, to love people the way they should be loved and so on. That's just one example, but of you know, obviously calling on God for things that only He can do. You know, only He can change hearts, change hearts, even of believers, right? Whose hearts may, uh, at times, like you know, mine has at times gotten crusty and hard about something, and I need the softening of the Spirit, right? But only God can do that, right? And so we need to pray. So. So, um, yes, I would love for us to gather for prayer and call on God to do what only He could do. Let's draw near to God in that way. And in the privacy of your home, you're, as you're having your time with God, you're calling out to Him, you're praying to Him, right? Um, so what does Hebrews 4.16 say? 
It says, let us then, now you got to know why it says let us then. It's because Jesus Christ has made a way for us to enter the throne room of God, if you will, right into the presence of God. He's made a way. Um, Because if you have put your faith in Jesus and the blood of Jesus is cleansing you from all unrighteousness, God sees you as holy. That's, that rocks your world, man, because we know we're not really holy, okay, right, 24-7. But God, because of the blood of Jesus, sees us that way, and we can walk right in to the holy of holies, if you will, uh, into the presence of God through prayer. You know, in the Old Testament, you wouldn't dare do that, right? You wouldn't dare do that because the ultimate uh, high priest, whom all the other priests were um, just a, a shadow of, right, you know, the high priest would have to go in once a year and they tie a rope onto his foot because if he screwed up, you know, or something happened and God wasn't, didn't, you know, they didn't handle something in a holy way and God strike him dead, they could pull him out because not anybody could just go into the holy of holies, right? But again, the book of Hebrews tells us that that all was a foreshadow of the true temple of God, okay? And that Jesus Christ is the ultimate high priest. And I say all this because when it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, is because if you know Christ as your Savior, you have that wonderful privilege to pray, to come to Him in prayer and draw near with the confidence, right, that no matter what you've done, because you put your faith in Jesus, you know, uh, God's not up there like, oh, nope, God's not going to answer your prayer today. You've been a real ding-dong, you know? No. No, it's, it's not, not like that. But because of what Christ has done, we can draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Listen, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's just a, that's just a wonderful invitation, isn't it? It's an invitation to draw near to God in prayer. Anybody here need help? If you don't, just wait a minute, okay? You're going to need help. I need help in all kinds of areas. I was find myself praying uh, this week, Lord, change me in this. Change me in this. I need change, man. Uh, and, and so, because I know only, he's the only one. He's the only one who can do it. He's going to only make me the one make me to, uh, to change my heart so I'll do the work to make the change. All of that. We need help. Right? So we've got to call out to God. We've got to depend upon Him, and we draw near to Him. That's what happens. We're, when we're doing that, we're seeking His face. He's going to do nothing but bless that. Okay? He's going to bless that. The last thing, last thing here, and this is, actually was the second point. Those other ones were subpoints, and this will be a real quick one, I promise. Okay? I told you, like, if you don't know me too long, I said it's only two points, it'll be a short one. Okay, the second one is this. So the first one was, you know, we draw near to God when we depend upon Him. And then we went through all those scenarios that are helpful for us depending upon God. Well, now, we draw near to God when we obey Him. Um, This verse is real special to me because the guy that led me to Jesus asked me one day, would you share at our Bible study something about, I don't care, something about what God's teaching you. This was the verse I shared. Uh, it just had such an impression upon me. I mean, I don't remember things that I did yesterday. So, I mean, you know, this is pretty good that I can remember this verse, uh, John 14, 21. 
Now listen to this, because we're, we're talking about how uh, our obedience, as we, as, as we read the Word of God and He shows us things that are clear to us that He wants us to be doing as believers, and we step out and we take action on it, or we believe it, we believe the promise, or we, we do what He says to do, whatever, or don't do what He says not to do. Here's what happens. Whoever has my commandments, Jesus says, and keeps them, so that's obedience, right? He it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Now, here's the, here's the thing. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Manifest myself to him. And I think what that really means is saying, I, I'm going to come closer to you. I'm going to reveal myself to you in a greater way. You're going to grow. We're going to grow in this relationship, you and I. <laughs> As you step out and trust me, as you obey me, that's what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, there's not a mature believer around who hasn't, uh, one of the things is that has gone in and has a pattern of obedience in their life. Yes, they fail. Yes, we fall. That's going to happen. But do we see that Jesus calls us out there, you know, like that song, Oceans, right? Onto the water to step out and trust him and take his word for what it says. That's what he wants us to do. He's saying, I will love him and manifest myself to him. I will reveal himself to us. We, we get to know him in a, in, a, in, a, in a relational way better. We draw near through obedience. Okay? Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much. Just like it was saying there in Hebrews 4, let us draw near with confidence because of what Jesus has done. We are so blessed that we have a God who invites us to draw near. We have a God who invites us to seek his face. And the blessings just are innumerable that come from that. But, but the greatest blessing, God, is you. We don't look to you for what you can do for us. We look to you, God, for who you are. And Lord, as we, as we just talked about, you know, in that Hebrews 4.16, that we might find help and grace the time of need. Lord, all of us need help. Stir up within us, God, a hunger to draw near to you, to cry out to you, uh, to, to really express our desire to be near and to trust you. All these things that we have laid out. That will help us to draw near to you and depend upon you, God. Lord, we confess the times, maybe this past week, that we haven't depended upon you. We confess, Lord, the times that we've just done it all on our own. But Lord, we know, as it says in John 15, apart from you, we can do nothing. So Lord, we want to be people who are dependent upon you. More and more, individually and as a church, God. Let us be a church who cries out for you to do the things that only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray.